Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn, and with me today is Jacob Wright of Puff Puff Hour, the Dragon Quest podcast. How's it going, sir? It's going great. How about you? I'm glad to be here. Glad to be talking with you. Dragon Quest is an awesome series, you know, right up there with Final Fantasy. Some may say it's even better. Some may say that. The flavors are certainly different. The art style is different. For me, I hold them both very dearly in my heart for different reasons. Like, I don't know. Um, Agreed. Dragon Quest, to me, I love the... I don't know. It feels more pure and more, like, wholesome. And uh, there's that Akira Toriyama artwork, which you just can't separate from the series itself. Like, I don't know. If you love his artwork, this this series should have a special place for you as well. Or if it doesn't yet, you got to try it out. But just the world is so cool. Like, it's almost a little bit fairy tale-ish and fantasy and... I don't know, the characters, there's so many cool little vignettes in this series. I feel like Final Fantasy is like about kind of convoluted, complex, dark plots. And then Dragon Quest is more like kind of simple main storyline and then a bunch of really cool, interesting vignettes that you encounter along the way. Uh, but what what are your, your beliefs or thoughts about why Dragon Quest is special? Well, I mainly think it's because of the purity of the RPG, like you say as well. Mm-hmm. It knows what it does and it does it best more than any other rpg series because it takes high fantasy and just tells a simple story keeps simple mechanics doesn't try and change it up too much which some may disagree with thinking that it's eh, it doesn't try and be innovative but it knows what it does and is very very good at it totally and in comparing this versus final fantasy i feel like final fantasy each each game is so different in the like the art direction and the style and the setting that it wouldn't make sense to do one shared universe theme park like it, that would have been a little too much to ask for I think because it's clearly set in different worlds whereas Dragon Quest there are kind of different trilogies within the main series but they're all a lot more cohesive like you could see these all taking place on the same planet you know maybe at, throughout the generations but they're at least sort of in the same same setting ish yeah, it's definitely just high fantasy, medieval times. Yeah, whether it's the Zenithian or uh, Alephgard trilogy, and yeah. Um, cool. So, in doing this for a theme park, is there a certain trilogy you want to start with, or a certain game you want to start with, or just kind of mash up all of our favorite parts into one amazing land? It's definitely a big old mashup. <laughs> Sweet. I feel like that works really well. Like I said, for the Dragon Quest series. Um. But yeah, for people who are not super familiar with with Dragon Quest, uh, in the U.S. it started out as Dragon Warrior. The first game you got free with a uh, subscription to Nintendo Power. That's kind of how I think it got into the hands of a lot of people was uh, I guess they expected it to be a bigger smash hit right off the bat. And so they printed a lot of cartridges of the first game and then ended up having to give them away, basically. But I don't know, introduced a lot of people to the RPG, the JRPG, that is, Japanese role-playing game in the... 80s um and yeah it's a series that's continued on and on and on and dragon quest 11 came out was it this year maybe last year last year that game looks amazing i haven't played it at all yet have you played dragon quest 11 yes i have and i beat it we're just waiting on getting the review done it's fantastic if you are into any traditional jrpgs it follows the format but it makes a lot more things streamlined so you actually can see one of the key staples in Dragon Quest, which I've always known it to be unique, is when you go to a status menu, you can't see when you can level up. 
you would always have to go into the you know the churches and talk to the priests to see how much it would take to level up. Dragon Quest Eleven just wipes that. No, you could see how much it takes to get to the next level just right there in the menu. Cool. So they're maybe adding more modern uh, amenities to, to the series, which has a little usually more traditional mechanics. Right. And that's cool. I've heard it's just amazing. Like it's it's kind of like the best of what Dragon Quest has to offer. Uh, and the graphics are just amazing. It's so cool. Yeah, they yeah. definitely took the same cel-shaded thing that Level 5 did when mm-hmm. they commissioned them to develop and do 8. So Right. Yeah, it looks like what 8 felt like at the time. Like, when 8 first came out, you're like, these are the most realistic anime-style graphics I've ever seen. But looking back, it is a little pixely. <laughs> you know, it yeah. looks like a, a 3DS game, kind of. No offense to 3DS games. And 3DS is actually a really important console for the series, isn't it? The DS slash 3DS era, yeah, definitely. They ported nearly everything, including like six imports that still haven't come over here right. from the DS 3DS era. So that, that entire series is now just based off of buying a 3DS and you can experience most of everything it has to offer. Would you recommend that over all the mobile versions? I have not played the mobile versions <laughs> except enough. for of 1, 2, and 3 because they obviously aren't on the 3DS, but I don't know which ones are better. I just, it seems like playing it on mobile would be a pain. Like, I mean, I realize it's nice you can take it with you, but you can also take a 3DS with you. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the form factor of a 3DS is so much better for RPGs than than mobile, but they are available on mobile, yeah. which is kind of cool. Like, You don't have an excuse to not get a Dragon Quest game, really. Exactly. 1 and 2 are short enough. For they for them to be suited for like the phone, but yeah, three That's was a good point. pretty darn massive to play on the phone. Not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, can you tell us about Puff Puff Hour? Like, what do you guys do over there, and like, what could we expect from the show if we want to tune? Well, in? we release episodes infrequently because we're trying to get all people together to record an episode. It is hurting cats, <laughs> but we are attempting to go through every Dragon Quest related game that was released here in the states possibly trying to play a couple imports if there's a good English ROM. That sounds awesome. On an earlier episode, you had Ultima Final Fantasy, which is part yeah. of a huge Geekdom Entertainment set of shows that we have, and Dragon Quest is one of them. It's awesome, and I, I like what you guys do to the Dragon Quest world is a lot like what they do to the Final Fantasy world. Like, right. Kind of getting, like, appreciating it, going through and describing all the pieces, um, but also giving honest, you know, uh, opinions and feedback about what's great about it and what is maybe not so great about it and what's different from this game versus that game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No holds barred commentary. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. I like podcasts like that where there is a, uh, a, an obvious starting point, you know, like it's kind of in the name of the podcast or the, at least the subtitle of the podcast. Um, but then, you know, it can kind of go different directions from there. And for me personally, I tend to get more enjoyment out of a podcast about a video game than playing the video game itself sometimes. Like, just that conversation and thinking about more, like, what it means and, and like, the things that humans notice about it is more important than the work itself sometimes. Definitely. No, when it comes to JRPGs, I feel that way exactly. Yeah, I get so much uh, joy out of listening to to your guys' show and Ultima Final Fantasy and, you know, various other podcasts. Um, I don't know. It's, it's such a cool medium, and JRPGs are so evocative to me and, like, inspire my imagination um like when i was a kid uh you know not that i wasn't allowed to have video games but i had to buy them myself right. so 
a lot of times I'd go to the like used video game store and the game I was saving up for was gone because I only had one copy of, <laughs> of whatever. And so I would just buy the guidebook instead because I'm like, well, I don't, I've got this 60 bucks. I'm going to buy the guidebook for, you know, 10 or 15 and that'll be almost as good as playing the game. And I'd, you know, read through and look at all the dungeons and all the artwork and all the items. And then sometimes I'd be like, I got enough enjoyment out of this. And like, it gave me ammunition to go play in the woods and like pretend like I was this character that I don't even need the game now. I can just go buy another guidebook or something. Huh. I was a weird kid, but hey, it was a fun childhood, all right? <laughs> well, well, some people do prefer that with storytelling and not necessarily enjoy gameplay in most games. So whatever floats your boat. Want to do a theme park? Like, Definitely. I'm I'm stoked about this. Like uh, the world of Dragon Quest, I just want to go to. I want to live there, um, at least you know for my weekend or my spring break or whatever, <laughs> at a theme park. Um, but yeah, where do you think we should start? What would be like maybe the well, the first thing you see when you enter through the front gates? What would you like to put up there? Well, you have to first with Dragon Quest, one of the early innovators of a job class system. You have to dress up and you have to be able to pick what type of job class you're going to go as throughout the park. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And could you explain, like, the job class in case there's anyone out there who, like, this is their first time hearing about that system? Well, ba- a job definitely system. You, uh, you have your base character and you decide what type of class he's going to be. So that can alter their armor, their weaponry, what kind of accessories they may wear. And the further you level them up in the specific job class that you do pick, you can learn abilities that are tied to that job class. So obviously a priest would be holding on to a mace or a wand, and they'll be able to learn healing spells. They'll... Yeah, so it's it's just a way of, of making each character a little bit more different and giving you an advantage over certain parts of the competition and giving you like a well-rounded party. So yeah, it's, I mean, pretty common RPG trope, but it's, it's a cool way to like start out the adventure. Like who am I going to be today? I love the idea too, that this allows you to separate yourself from reality. Like, you know, the, the best theme parks, I think get you out of your element and out of your own body almost. Like there are some parts where you kind of lose yourself, whether you feel like a kid or you feel like a character in this world, both of those are amazing things to do once in a while, you know, when you don't have to, like, go to work that day. You can just have fun. Getting into a specific role in a specific job class, like, I think that's a great way to start out. That's awesome. And dressing up, too, uh, tends to get people, you know, into the spirit of things a Definitely, bit because the way that the characters are all designed to be quite unique and you put in a medieval setting, everything in the park mm-hmm. definitely have to has to have a more practical effect instead of, like everything being big screens and yeah putting everything on a visual display it definitely needs to be phil lived in similar to like if you were to doing larping or a big event like going to new zealand and seeing how they preserve the sets of lord of the rings yeah wow that'd be cool but yeah that kind of that kind of vibe would be really cool like if we can make it feel as natural as possible and there is always the option of using like people's smartphones to do things related to the theme park or related to like their character's party. 
That could be your menu. You I, I have an idea for this. Let's hear it. Let's go for it. You you definitely, there are mini metal stamps that are hidden on the side of buildings. Yes. Can you tell us about mini metals real quick? That was one of the main things I had uh, in my head. Mini too. metals are just various items. It's an item that you find and start collecting in order to go to a, another island sometimes or just a house to turn them in. And you'll receive some of the best equipment that is in the game. Yeah, it was there a game I I haven't played. I forget which game it's actually from, but there's one where you can if you get an like mini medals of a certain character. Oh, I think it was from Dragon Quest Heroes two. You can like turn into that like monster. Is that a real thing? Or have you have had experience I have not with that touched game? the Heroes games yet. Okay, they they seem really cool. I actually haven't played them either. Just I watched the playthrough yeah. of uh, the second game. But yeah, uh, basically just those mini medals give you access to things that are not easily available you have to get the medals to get these these rewards so i think that's awesome yeah and you're thinking have them hidden throughout the park like scavenger hunt yes. style. and when you oh. grab all of them you have to grab them all you you can't miss one you're able to go to the front of the castle and they'll lead you through a backdoor entrance and you'll enter the puff puff room <laughs> There's an ongoing like gag in the series that they're using these slimes, which are these really cute, adorable monsters, and like you know, rubbing them against the character's head. That's the puff puff in the Dragon Quest world, and we could definitely do a lot of stuff with slimes. I mean, maybe there's uh <laughs> like less rare experiences with slimes where you can have like that kind of thing, but it's such an odd gag, especially if you're gonna actually do it onto like an actual human guest. <laughs> Oh boy, we're gonna have to yeah check with like human resources and make sure our lawyers are okay with this. This is on a deserted like island somewhere, man. We we have no borders, yeah. no government involvement here. <laughs> we're setting up the theme park in the middle of the and it's, and it's water. definitely gonna be no government involvement because of an idea I have for another ride we could discuss later. <laughs> All right, well that sounds good. Uh, we did get into the idea of having the big, like, castle. Like, are you picturing that as being, like, a big icon of the park, like the Disney castle style? Yeah, setup? quite similar. It's uh, the yeah. castle from Olive Guard, the main one That's that awesome. the Erdrick is from. That sounds great. And speaking of Erdrick and or, you know, uh, Loto or whatever, there's all kinds of sort of legendary figures and legendary heroes in this universe. And in each game, you take take the role of a different character but when each person walks through the park do you want them to like they pick a class and i'm assuming that they kind of are starting their own adventure in this world they're not necessarily taking up the position of a specific pre-existing character but rather making a new one yeah so it'd be cool to have references to all those legendary characters and the main characters from every game can either be a you know a walk around character or there can be statues of them or or rides or experiences based on you know, an interaction with them too. Definitely. Yeah. Cause you kind of, what, what since Dragon Quest kind of differently is it is a completely blank slate. You kind of have voiceless characters. It's just an open protagonist for you to be who you want to be with them. So you, a couple have come from royalty, but for the most part, they're kind of like blank slates. And in the case of like Dragon Quest three and nine, the entire party is blank slates for you to just do whatever you want with them. So I think taking that kind of approach would be best for the park. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Um, something else I thought was really neat is is the storyline of Dragon Quest Three. Like uh, in the first two games, you're there's this really important 
figure, and then at the end of Dragon Quest Three, you find out that basically you're that character. I think that would be cool if if maybe um, I'm not sure if this would be done through like the mini medals or some other um, elite experience that not everyone gets to do. You actually find out that like you are this character. Like I don't know, maybe when there's a new game coming out, you know, Dragon Quest Twelve is about to come out. Uh, at, towards the end of the experience, there's, like, some kind of reference in the story that, like, they send you to a new location just as, like, wrapping up your character's story in the theme park, and that is actually the beginning of Dragon Quest Twelve. Like, oh, wow. we could have some references to, like, and, like, tie-ins to, to the upcoming series, which I think would be kind of cool. That would definitely I don't know, work. Maybe, I think that'd be cool. I think it'd be fun. Maybe as, like, you know, a really exclusive achievement is, like, um, I, I don't know, maybe what I'm picturing, I guess, is that when you're about to leave the theme park, like, you know, you've, you've booked a three day visit at the end of your third day, they kind of give you like, I don't know if it'd be a book or like a little video or something that tells like an overview of your character's progress. And then like, uh, they lived happily ever after kind of thing. Like here's how the story (laughs) would continue from here. That could work. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Like, you know, a lot of dragon quest is, uh, the quest, you know, there's also trying to find your way. Um, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of it's about kind of adventure and like traveling around this, this theme park. And even if it was more like a traditional amusement park where it's kind of just a lot of rides, you could still have little quests, which are, you know, take this item from this roller coaster over to that roller coaster and then, you know, take this item over to that place. Like just giving people like little quests could make it feel like there's more of a purpose and we're not just going oh, on all the rides and you leaving. have to go ride all the rides in each section maybe like six sections uh-huh. to grab the six uh, orbs there you go them. yeah that's a cool idea and then that can give you access to you know other types of games and we can kind of structure it so that the average park guest has a pretty good like enjoyable day where they do a few rides and then they get to like go eat lunch and then do a few more rides and you know we like set up a a general um Oh, what's the word? Like a path um, that you kind of have to take to complete the storyline that that paces nicely with the regular theme park visit day. Yeah. Critical path. That's the word. Like you can, you know, stop and do every little tiny thing if you want to. um, But for the average park guest, it's like, here's kind of the general route they'll want to take. I think it'd be kind of cool to like to plan that out. Um, And maybe it could be different for people who are there at opening versus people who get there at noon. We could start them out kind of on a different path so that the lines don't get too long in one given area. Like, if we expect all of our first three hours of visitors to be at this location around this time, and then everyone coming in for the next three hours should be in this location at that time. Do you think we should split them up by by class like should there be like a i don't know like a little introductory area where you learn how to be your specific class or should it just kind of be here's just the entrance go have fun here's the entrance go have fun we don't want to be discriminatory towards the priest that's a good point <laughs> <laughs> fair enough i like that cool so i feel like we've got kind of the basics um down pat uh what do you what attraction are you most excited about or where do you want to start well first of all to connect all these you have to walk across rainbow bridges oh that's that's really neat 
And if if you don't want to, if you're you know disabled, you can't walk across the rainbow bridges. You could easily go ride the Starlight Train. Nice. Um, what is the name of that like gigantic airship thing from the second trilogy? The Zenithian, the town. Do you have anything that you want to do like with that? Because I feel like that's so evocative. That's the hotel. Oh, dude, yeah. And the hotel. Similar to, like, the monorail stuff, can just drop you off at the front entrance during the beginning of the day and pick you up at the end. (laughs) Wow. Okay, yeah, that's... Hotel in the sky. That's really cool. Whoa. Uh, You're saying you want to have, like, six different areas of the park? How would you like to divide those up? I have no idea. One of them has to be, like, a blacksmith area. So one of the things with uh, Taloon Tornico is that he is a merchant. And so he does a whole bunch of ga- item gathering from each like cave that he visits and turns around and sells them for a profit. But we're not going to have cool. you do that. You have mm-hmm. to be his apprentice. And you have to start smelting down all the weaponry that he gets to create new ones. And so it's an experience Ooh. of how you figure out how to be a blacksmith through smelting. And you have uh-huh. to create weaponry for him to sell. That sounds cool. Like That's a cool introduction. And that way... It kind of makes sense that they don't get to keep the weapon. It's like, well, no, I'm actually selling this. I'm just having you make it, you know. No, you will you'll do all my work for me. You're just an apprentice. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And uh, there's also the alchemy pot, like a, kind of a way of, of crafting, basically. Would you want to include this in this area or do that somewhere else? I think it would work in this area. Yeah, because I, I do like the idea. Like, that's a cool thing in the whole Dragon Quest series is getting better equipment over time, you know, leveling up, getting more um, loot, more items, and then uh, getting better gear and being able to beat more bad guys and progress further. Now, I don't know if we want our park guests to be brandishing weapons or not, uh, physical ones, but uh, we can do some sort of metaphor for that, I think. Be foam swords. Yeah, foam swords are always an option. Like, maybe that's, like, a little bit more premium of an option. Like, you get to keep a foam sword. Or they could just be rentals, I guess. You know, you get this for the day, so don't break it. (laughs) It could also be digital, which is not nearly as fun. But you could have, you know, the person's phone act like their menu. And you can, like, equip different items. And, like, I know that we want to kind of keep it more natural and, like, really thematic. But if we wanted to have, like, screens, like, maybe have an area that's, like, a coliseum or like a pvp type area where you can go battle other players we don't want to actually necessarily have like sword fights but we could do it in more of a digital way like a turn-based combat from your phone type thing definitely that sounds kind of dorky but it'd be fun you get to pick out the monsters that you do because one of the uh spinoff series of it is dragon quest monsters and so you could pick out the monsters the battle into the arena there at the coliseum that's a really cool idea because, yeah, there's a little bit of a Pokemon-ish, you know, monster collection. Um, and we could tie that in with mini medals, too, because um, a lot of times they depict specific monsters. Hmm. So you can get, like, you know, rarer versions of that monster or something to battle with and train them. Like, you could do some sort of Pokemon Go-ish. Yeah, and there's daily tournaments and oh yeah, some people just show up to just compete in the tournament and then go home. Yeah, I mean, that that could be just, like, a fun recreation, you know, for people who are locals. Like, oh, yeah, we're just going to stop by, you know, from 5 to 7, there's a tournament or whatever. Yeah, it's the local magic Instead tournament. Of... <laughs> right? That sounds cool. Uh, and then you could tie it in with, you know, like I said, whatever the newest game is. 
because there's always you know subtle variations on the rules like does this game have the job system or how does combat work a little differently in this game we could kind of update the rules to go with the current game that we're peddling you know Well, the food court definitely has to have, you know, a whole bunch of a unique cuisine because a lot of the worlds that Dragon Quest creates is based on real life locations. So you would get a taste of whatever location you wanted to go to based on that kind of food. So it'd be a eclectic thing of foods. It from Russian to Italian. That sounds awesome. I mean, getting that international flavor, like... Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. I think a lot of theme parks benefit from that. But as a requirement, all of them have to be puns. <laughs> all the menu items. Very punny. Yes. It's a, it is a super punny series. Like, there's always those kind of grown-worthy titles, and some of them which are actually pretty cute, but... The game just has so much flavor to it, like not even just in the food, but in the characters and in the the culture of each different town. There's so much there's so much cool stuff to see, you know, like um, just taking in the culture. Let like even if you weren't taking the role of a character, just going through and visiting all these places would be so cool. So adding that with the food and with you taking the role of an actual character and going on quests, like there's so much to this park already, and we haven't even technically designed like and attraction yet but yeah, i think it's like, it's just got so much potential man it's awesome um what do you think about the dragon presence at this theme park that definitely has to be the main roller coaster oh that's cool would you want to have like the dragon lord be a, a villain here or just have dragons like a few different dragons see i'll, I'll go with the unique spin the dragon mm. lord is huge gigantic animatronic and you're the one actually on the dragon and uh-huh. you're trying to take out the dragon lord with the dragons now i know open uh-huh. flames and an amusement park won't go over too uh-huh. well but <laughs> you're trying to take out dragon lord with the dragons that sounds super cool and there would there be multiple dragons like maybe like a figure eight one set of roller coasters going up and the other one's going down and whenever mm-hmm. you reach the up part of the figure eight, they're the ones that are breathing the fire. And so that yes. the lower dragon is well away from it. And so none That's of That's the- a smart idea. It'd be cool, too, if maybe this is one of those more uh, hard to get to, like, prestigious experiences. Like, you have to have sort of befriended or, like, tamed a dragon somewhere. Because we could have them, you know, maybe in the four corners of the parks, there are different dragons and you can go complete a quest to you know gain favor with them and so then you can go battle the dragon lord and like you know if uh yeah to find them in the one of the corners of the building in order to accept the quest and then you have to go back to him to complete it you like get a ticket to go on that exact dragon or whatever yeah i don't know how you do the exact setup but like you get to ride on this car because you've earned it like in the storyline this is the dragon that you are are fighting alongside. Yeah, definitely. Cause there's the oh. Tomba tickets. You can, <laughs> yeah, the ones for the mini games. And I believe Dragon uh-huh. Quest four. Yeah. You just receive yeah. a ticket similar to that to go over to the That's cute. dragon. Oh man. Should we do uh like a casino type? Oh yeah. Area. <laughs> it's, it's definitely full legal gambling. 
Yeah. And it and it's an open area that anything goes. So if you get mugged <laughs> and robbed and pass out, we don't care. We'll provide you with an inn to rest, <laughs> but we also take half your money. Yeah, it is kind of a sketchy world, isn't it? Like you can't really trust all these cute, charming characters. Um, yeah, because if you get knocked out in the wild, you wake up in an inn with half your money. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? What happened to me last night? Yep. Oh, that's funny. Okay, that's cool. Just like every game has a casino. Is it every game? Every main series game? I believe except nine. And one. One, yeah. Definitely one and two. Yeah. But that's like, it's just a cool cool little flavor like some fun things you can go do um and yeah you can have some most of those experiences i guess would be like sitting down experiences like that's where you can get some air conditioning maybe yeah rest your bones that sounds really fun and uh you could also have some some rare prizes to give away whether that's like sort of legendary gear or just more tickets to like go to other prestigious experiences oh the cost you would have to spend like one million dollars (laughs) <laughs> in order for you to get a uh, to buy all the exchange tickets in the stands and stuff to get a uh-huh. liquid metal sword. That's awesome. Because Lord knows those are expensive. Yeah, yeah. There's always like that top tier gear that everyone really wants. It's like I don't know if you technically need this to like beat the game, but no. it is hard to get. So let's try to get it. Yeah, spend all our money at the casino. Yeah, it actually works as a metaphor for real life. Whenever you see those the prize <laughs> things and the freaking yeah nickel cades yeah. and yeah, even in like an arcade, it's like yeah. Oh, look at that! You know, Nerf gun that's like a sniper rifle. I need that. <laughs> I need the you know the translucent Nintendo sixty four. <laughs> I know it costs twice as much as it would to just go buy one, but yeah, what, I want to like win the, all the, the purple one. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I was quite fine to that oh. one, even though I don't like the Nintendo 64. The color palette That's for that not... was cool. Yeah, I just like the translucent 90s plastic was was so pretty. That's so cool. <laughs> it's awesome. That was just like a cool trend that I can't get rid of. Like, um, I'm starting a new job in in a couple weeks, and I was just thinking, like, I was picturing my like dream office, and it would be like brightly colored translucent plastic every electronic would be like, you know, see-through orange and like see-through blue. And I'm like, this is going to look like a little girl's room. Like, I don't think I actually <laughs> want that for my like real, you know, adult man job office. But in my heart of hearts, that's what I want. But I feel like I should maybe go more professional color scheme. <laughs> no, no, you're uh, good. Yeah, you're maybe good. my home office will be uh translucent plastic, you know, gummy bear beaming. <laughs> oh, boy. Should we do like each... NPC can also have like a a unique quest like you know NPC meaning non-player character like basically a person who's inhabiting the role of someone living in this world just standing there you know selling bread or whatever but maybe if you approach them and ask you know is there anything I can help you with or some kind of cool thematic maybe old English (laughs) style uh, way of phrasing the question they can give you a quest if you ask for it. Um, it'd be kind of a cool experience because that's something I love about RPGs um, is that, especially JRPGs it's like, you feel like such a part of the community because you can go through and talk to every single person, they're not too busy to talk to you, you know, they're available to speak to you and half the time they have something they want to give you or ask you to do in exchange for something, so you're just such a cool, transformative, powerful force in the universe where 
you just walk down the street and people come to you asking for help. Like, that's so cool. Like there's such a neat uh, sense of community in that. So yeah. it'd be cool to recreate that in real life. I live in a state, Utah, that has this place called Evermore and they're working on something that's a complete like questing and interacting with the people. So I've been Whoa. to it. And, yeah. That sounds really cool. Dang. I was just thinking that when I said we could do that in the real world, I was like, what if that was an idea for like a community? Like you're building a, a little like, I, I don't want to say commune, but like, I don't know, a housing development where it's like, you know, just be, be open and like hang out outside a lot more and uh, give people quests. <laughs> oh yeah. Give them a purpose in life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know if that works really in, in modern America. There's not that many beasts that need slain or, you know, exotic herbs that you need to go gather or whatever. But eh, when you're a kid, it kind of feels that way. So you can just live here in this theme park and uh, grow up being, you know, the hero from Dragon Quest. Pretty much. <laughs> Be kind of interesting. Okay, so we have dragons. We have quests. We've got a lot of Dragon Quest stuff. Uh, what about, like, specific rides or attractions? Are there any specifics that you had in mind? I thought of two. One is there's a gigantic octopus fight when you are boarding a ship. And you're trying to travel to the other side of the island for the first time. So. Uh-huh. You have to be in a pod that's constantly being dunked because each of these pods are in the end of the tentacles. Cool. And it like goes in and out of the water. Yeah, and it's freaking out and you're going all over the place. Wow. Dunking you. And, Dude, that sounds really cool. Yeah, submerging you. And is it in the game, is it a monster you actually like defeat in battle? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because that was what I was thinking about for different rides would be those those kind of like larger than life monsters. Like that would be cool if they're those combat encounters are recreated in in a ride that's maybe more of like a cinematic type experience. You know, in the game, a lot of the times it's just turn-based. So, you know, you hit me, I hit you, you hit me, I hit you. But um, with, you know, special attacks and everything. But it'd be cool if it was a little bit more action-packed and felt more like you're actually in the real world fighting this thing, even though it's on a roller coaster ride and, you know, you're strapped into a vehicle. But at least give you the motion and the, the energy and the excitement of a real battle with the giant Akira Toriyama design monster. The Dragon Quest monsters are such cool creatures and you know, they're full of puns and full of cute little clever designs. Like, I don't know. It's, it's such a cool, that's why I think cool it'd universe. be a way better geared one for someone who's trying to an adult to live out their inner child. And you could obviously bring your children there too. So, right. Oh yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, what was your other coaster idea? All right. I do not like much of Dragon Quest Seven. It's it's way too long. It's 100 hours plus. Yep. So my idea would be you are handcuffed to the ride that never ends, and it will play an <laughs> annoying song similar to It's a Small World After All on repeat for 100 hours. <laughs> but it just goes it goes through the whole story of Dragon Quest Seven. Like What, what story? Every little side what do you, quest. What do you mean? You're <laughs> stuck on the boat just traveling back and forth it's like you have to watch a let's play you know real time while this annoying music plays over top of it <laughs> just on repeat and, oh, and you man. can't get out because you're handcuffed to the ride yeah you have to go there if you like violate park rules or something you get sentenced all right you will you go beat dragon quest 7 and then you can resume oh. your fun <laughs> I hope you had tickets for tomorrow too, because you have to pay uh, two full days in missions to complete <laughs> the attraction. That's being quite modest. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you're right. That's if it's fast forwarded. What are some of your favorite moments 
from Dragon Quest, from any of the games, like that you would want to be replicated here or that you think would be a, a cool thing to actually reenact yourself? There could be a marriage ceremony. Like we could actually perform yeah. marriages similar to Dragon Quest V with the main hero deciding which yeah. character he wants to marry. Bianca, by that's the way, cute. that's that's canon. Waifu. <laughs> just going to put that out there. <laughs> Is the best Fair one. enough. Devorah is just like if you like being bullied around, like <laughs> right. That's a cool idea. We could even have sort of a like I, I don't want to say matchmaking, but like help you build a team. Like not that you have to reproduce with them, but like <laughs> if you're going to the park by yourself. But if we if we need to like set up a party, basically, you know, you're you're just the priest going by yourself. It's like well, it'd be better, you know, if you're with a party of people. We can set up some story reasons why you're connecting with other people and going on the adventure with them. Um, it'd be kind of interesting. I, that doesn't exactly connect with choosing a spouse, I guess. But, hey, maybe if you play your cards right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you meet them. You know, your first date is there because that's where you met them, joining your party. And then uh, you end up getting married there a few years later. I like it. It'd also be cool to uh, do sort of uh, some sort of record keeping of what each character is story arc is you know what dragon did they interact with which monsters did they defeat all that kind of stuff and you give them the little summary when they leave and then they come back the next year and you get to add on to that story and it gets to be a little bit like um is it dragon quest 5 where you play as the same character throughout their life yes yes it is yeah so it'd be kind of cool if you could do a montage you know especially if you visit this park throughout your life you know your first time going there as a kid then you go there like after you graduate high school and then you go there again when you have kids and you can do like a, you know, little montage of like your character, like aging. Like, I think that's one of the sweetest things about Dragon Quest five is looking at the little character, you know, wearing the same outfit, but growing up in, in his stage in life changes. And it's, it's kind of sweet. It's kind of sentimental. Like, I feel like Disney could totally do that if they uh, maybe spied on their guests a little bit more. Um, oh, Lord. <laughs> where they would have, don't have footage of you. think it's bad enough already? Yikes. <laughs> it, it is. Okay, you'd have to opt in, I guess. Here, put this ankle monitor on your wrist, basically, <laughs> and we're just going to scan your vitals. Good Lord. If you want to download the app, you have to give us your GPS coordinates, and so we'll be, we'll be able to track you with the cameras, no problem. Um, maybe it's an opt-in type of thing. It'd be cool if we had some interactive features, like depending on what weapon you have or what type of you know item you're carrying, you can get through certain doors or um, kind of like the you know Wizarding World of Harry Potter wand system, something like that, where you know magic users can get through here, or if you have a certain kind of weapon, you can break through this door, or if you have a certain stat, thieves have to have the master key. Yeah, I mean that that's pretty straightforward. Like that would definitely work. But it'd be cool if there are um, certain class-specific missions, like certain quests that you can get assigned as long as this type of person is in your party, um, because you'll need them to do something sort of solo at some point. It'd be kind of cool. Like if there are guilds that can give you certain quests. So we've got food, we've got adventure, quests, parties, exploration, the hotel. I mean, we've got a lot of cool stuff already. Like, this has been a pretty quick 
experience, but I feel like because Dragon Quest is maybe a little bit more streamlined in a lot of ways compared to Final Fantasy where there's so many like nuances and complications, <laughs> I feel like maybe this theme park or this world is more ready for a theme park than the whole of Final Fantasy. You know, you can do a specific game like we did Final Fantasy 10. I feel like it translated yeah. pretty well. But I think in Final Fantasy you have to zoom in a little bit more whereas Dragon Quest you can kind of just hit pulse on the blender a few times and you've got a theme park anyway. Right. Yeah. Cool. Uh yeah, I feel I feel pretty happy about this one. Um maybe we could include some alternate like end game things like really rare experiences you can do like where you get you know a piece of equipment named after you or like some kind of legacy type things or you get a face off against a specific boss who's trying to take over the world because one of the main themes is these big out of nowhere kind of bosses that are trying to take over the world we could do it like every summer there's a new new ultimate villain you know you get a an alert or an invitation to come back and help defeat the next you know world ending catastrophe yeah malroth is defeated and here comes S. Stark. Right. There's always a new bad guy around the corner, either pulling the strings on the previous bad guy or just, you know, sensing a power vacuum and jumping into that, that spot. Mortimer would be the end of the year event because Mortimer is just this huge, gigantic pain in the butt. It's like X-Death of Final Fantasy. Uh, that's kind of a cool idea, too. If we, if we had uh, a revolving cast of villains, you could have the same, like, ride experience this is like the final boss coaster and you know in the center of the whole uh coaster like layout there's you know a giant like animatronic or a giant screen or whatever that is the the bad guy and we just kind of switch out you know the projection that's going on to it so the so maybe there's one for like humanoid shaped bad guys there's one for more monster shaped bad guys and we can just kind of switch back and forth between the two yeah uh, what about a Dragon Quest Builders area? Now I'm starting to like think about some of the spin-offs. Dragon Quest Builders is probably my favorite Dragon Quest game. Like, oh wow! I I just love that that kind of gameplay. Like, it's sort of like yeah. Minecraft ish, but it's very flavorful for the world of Dragon Quest. Like, I don't know. Is there? Do you think we should do an area that has that sort of element of of building a village up? Because I think that that gameplay loop is really interesting, but it might be hard to do with you know, a massively multiplayer experience. It is hard to translate that into the real world unless you're using, like, augmented reality or something. Like, um, have you seen Minecraft Earth? I have seen a little bit of it. Yeah, I believe I saw one trailer for Minecraft Earth. I'm I'm so excited for it. Like, it's it's just an augmented reality. Like, you can look on your phone and, like, see your build in the real world. Um, It just seems like such a fun thing. You can build on the same piece that other people are building onto and, like, it seems like a really cool idea, but we could do something like that where, although I don't want to use like a phone necessarily, but it could be something digital um, where it kind of, you know, you're looking at this, I don't know, it sounds kind of dumb, but you could definitely help contribute resources and contribute, you know, items that you find towards rebuilding a village. And then instead of actually having to have blocks and that whole thing, because that logistically seems hard to do. Like, I think that's why there's not a Minecraft world where you're actually building stuff is it's hard to like actually read recreate that in the real world but it could be digital though it could be like here's the progress that you're helping us make we need you know three more of this material and then this house yeah work slaves work <laughs> rebuild the town <laughs> i mean i mean if you think about like the 
what you're actually doing in most JRPGs, it's it's kind of not de- necessarily demeaning, but like it's pretty simple. It's like go hit this thing with a sword until you get enough items and take them to this person and give them the items and then go smash that thing and bring the items back and give them to this person. It's a lot of work, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Considering hardly anybody else is out there doing it, the right. entire world is in peril. Yeah, they need Monsters just are stopping trails and paths from items to going to other places. You are the sole reason the economy exists. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's a good point. You're like reestablishing trade routes and, you know, delivering messages to long lost people. And there's all kinds of like goofy things that you're doing in, in JRPGs that could just be solved by more technology or more infrastructure. <laughs> if only we had yeah. a train line, we wouldn't need any of this other stuff. Exactly. Or automobiles. Those would be nice. Uh, but yeah, that's it's kind of everything must travel by hot air balloon, <laughs> right? But it is fun to do all those quests and to be needed for these little things. But yeah, they just don't translate to the real world that well. I definitely think it'll feel like a game if people are coming to you with all these things that they need. But it does feel good to be needed in a JRPG. You know, if your character wasn't there, the world would would not make much progress. Yeah, and it in a lot of the focus. Because of how simplistic Dragon Quest story is, mm-hmm. these side quests do flesh out the characters and the towns and the whole overall setting of the games that works well with the theme park as opposed to some other JRPGs where it's so story-driven dr- and focused, you're literally just going from checkpoint to checkpoint Yeah, and not really caring about what's going on in the towns. Totally true. And yeah, I would love to, to translate that sort of like little fairy tale vignette system like you know you get to a new new little area and there's like this kind of self-contained smaller story and you get to experience like i don't know five to ten of those per day depending on how many roller coasters you want to go ride on i think that'd be so fun and maybe you could even incorporate some of those into like the queue area like if you know once the line gets to be a full hour at this theme park they kind of activate the little storytelling vignette that happens in that town Oh yeah, there are people that are going to be coming out there in character costumes, second yeah. that the line shows up, and they're going to be performing essentially stage plays without needing a stage. Right. They'll just be performing for the people that are in the line at the queue. I think that sounds awesome. Or there could even be a stage. Like, but yeah, however you want to do it, I think that'd be so. And then fun. have the queue be you know around the stage. Yeah. So you always have a a decent view. There's always something to be looking at. I think that sounds awesome. Because a lot of times, um, a third of your day at the theme park is just standing in line with your friends talking, like, yeah, which is good. That's... It's nice to socialize. But if you're in character and in costume, it might be more fun to interact with that fictional world a little bit more. Way better. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Awesome. Um, I feel satisfied with this park. How about you? I am as well. If you guys have enjoyed what Jacob has brought and Dragon Quest in general, go check out Puff Puff Hour. It's a cool show. Uh, I like what you guys are doing. I hope you have a continued success, and I'm excited to see your your coverage of the uh, spinoff games, too, in the future. Thank you very much. Oh, dude, I just had one more thing pop in my head for the theme park. Um, Rocket Slime, there's, like, uh, these sort of, like, mech battles back and forth where you're launching items at each other. That would be <laughs> such a fun mini game. Like, um what? Maybe there's, like, a conveyor belt system that's just bringing in new items, and you have to go grab it and go, like, stick it into a cannon, and then someone else is aiming the cannon and firing it at the other mech, and, like, that could totally be PvP. Like, 
you know, we need we need three to five players in this mech and three to five players in that mech, and you're just gonna be like launching random stuff at each other, trying to like hit the hit the targets, almost like really huge scale laser tag without moving around. Like you're running around inside you the mech. You gotta hit the <laughs> specific parts of the tech, and you're just using like foam blocks and stuff. Yes, and like different shapes of foam blocks where it's like really awkward, and you have to like try to figure out how to launch it the best with your cannon. I feel like that would be so fun, even as its own attraction. Um, even regardless, like, I don't know. If they if I saw that at, like, a carnival, like, I would just spend the whole day doing that game because it just sounds so fun. <laughs> even if it's just, like, um, slingshots. Like, it doesn't need to be that fancy. But just, like, launching right. stuff at another group of people sounds so fun. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you for tuning in everybody if you'd like to find more about amusement sparks we're on kuyomi on youtube so c-u-y-o-m-i there's all kinds of stuff on there uh amusement sparks on instagram and twitter and facebook and then amusementsparks.com where can we find more about puff puff hour we could find us at at puff puff hour on twitter and we have various uh, facebook pages and our main website puffpuffhour.geekdomentertainment.com and come check us out if you are into Dragon Quest games or any JRPGs in general and you want to experience a new type of series that isn't Final Fantasy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jacob, for being here. That was a hoot. Yeah, it was. It was fun. <laughs>